This is uh, my Card Games TV One podcast, episode five. Tournament um, tournament center, uh, card game tournament center. This idea can be applied to a lot of other, um, you know, activity, but uh, a card uh, a tournament center. I always like the idea of a place you can go to. Um, <clears throat> Day and night, you know, daytime, nighttime, right? And be able to compete. You know, I, I work, I work overnight, so that means I sleep during the day more, and I'm awake at night more. And if tournaments are being hold, uh, hosted during the daytimes, then I can't go to tournaments because I'm only awake at night, right? So that'd be unfortunate. So it'd be nice to have a 24/7, you know, tournament center, a place where you can. Always go to to compete, and you know, day or night. So there's that. Not only that is the is the ability to have access to competitive play um, more often than not. You know, especially if you're a competitive player. The thing about the tournament center is not just for tournaments. It's just that it 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 is designed to allow you to have reliable tournaments. You know, and it will cater to different card games, not just like Dragon Ball Super, which this conversation will be about, but this will apply for any other card game. Also, like the idea of trying to bring back life to dead card games, like Naruto or something, like the Naruto TCG, be able to do masters, you know, be able to bring those card games back, be able to do certain things, maybe even uh, proxy out games, host tournaments for uh, fan made games or something, you know, things of that nature. Because I got some card games of my own that I designed, so you know I would want to be I would want to be able to host events and stuff like that for those types of games, and of course make it uh, accessible to play those games. Because ultimately, that's what it is, right? Games are games, right? And, it, and it'd be nice to have a place for card game players, um, board game players as well. Can um, you know we could do something for them as well, but mainly card games, and basically it's like the Disneyland of card games, right? Because everybody else can go somewhere for something. People who like, who like basketball can go, you know, to a basketball game and watch basketball and so on and so forth, right? Um, <coughs> or, you know, if they're good enough, they can play basketball and, you know, play competitively. And, you know, and then there's esports and all these other things, which is great, you know, teach them. But it's like, it'd be nice to have something dedicated. Because a lot of times when you hear about tournaments, events or something or the idea of a local that tends to that tends to create a problem like the idea of like oh man my city the local my local card shop doesn't have tournaments doesn't do this doesn't do that it's like yeah because they're they're set up as a as a small business or set up to sell you know the product not necessary to host the activity of the product of the products like they'll sell you cards but that's it they're not selling you the game, the experience, right? They're not selling you the opportunity to interact with a whole bunch of other people who also like the game. So they, there's a big disconnect there. So most card shops tend to be comic book stores that just sold um, cards or a game store. Like all they sold was like video games or something like that. Maybe they had some board games and they decided to throw in some card games just because it's good for the bottom, do- um, bottom, um, you know, bottom line, right? They're just trying to get that money, 
And, you know, we don't knock the hustle, you know. I got to pay bills. We get it. You, you want, you're a business. You're trying to make money. We get that. But wouldn't it be nice if there was a business dedicated to the idea of the games, right? Dedicated to the idea of being able to make the games worth it. Because it makes no sense to buy cards, right? And do nothing with them. You know? Like, you, you spent a lot of time and money building a deck and then got nothing to do with it. Got no opponents. Got no place to go. So it would be nice if there was a dedicated place that can, that can cater to this. Uh, extra thing about a tournament center concept would be the idea that you will literally have, you know, people whose job is to referee. Like, I mean, referee, <laughs> judge. You have actual judges. Like, you have people whose job is to be a judge. And they'll be judging these, you know, these, um, these events. That way you're not in a weird scenario where it's like, oh, man, we're trying to get people to judge a tournament. But we can't pay them. We can offer them cards or some type of compensation, but it can't be a paycheck. And it's like all this extra stuff. It's like, why? Why is that a thing? Why hasn't? Why have? Because this is something I hear definitely in Magic. I don't know too much about other card game. Um, if they have the same, uh, you know, same situation when it comes to turns. But in Magic, I know I always hear that idea that they don't. There's no. There's. There's no. But their judges. Are mostly volunteers and they get compensated in, in, a, in certain ways like judge promos you hear that it's like oh that's what that's for that's what judge promos are it's not a it's not a card that was designed by a judge and it's being given out to you know to people who went to events it's it's literally a card you give to the judge as payment for being a judge it's like what you're paying them through cards cardboard something that costs you a nickel to make what um, so that seems a little ridiculous, but hey, teach now. I'm not against giving them a judge promo, but shit, give them a check. You know, so uh, it would be nice to have somebody whose job is to be there to help judge, you know, because that's literally part of their job is to judge. Um, and other things would be useful, you know, security and so forth and so forth. There's, just, there's a lot of uh, logistics to go to uh, a concept like this. Obviously, you want to keep people safe. You know, you want to keep kids away from adults. It would be a good idea. Always a good idea. I right? have kids, you know, have fun and you know, enjoy games and so that. And have the adults, you know, be competitive and have their adult fun uh, playing card games. You know, keep people safe, people happy. Um, you know, try to reduce any any issues. Oh, another cool thing. Um, and this probably could be something that could be given to the person whose job is to... Uh, think about it. the person whose job is to be a judge. They will only judge every you know any any time that uh, an event is being hosted. Every other time, they're essentially a teacher. So whenever we get you know you get new 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 members because obviously we'll have a membership system. When we get new members, new people coming in and they want to play a game. Let's say they play Pokemon, but they want to learn Magic. Then these judge slash um, I don't know what we'll call them. Game game masters, I don't know. We'll come up with some t fancy title for them, where they literally teach people how to play the game. You know, because sometimes I see that on the internet, people will be like, "Oh man, toxic players!" Like people trying to get into the game, but then you got these guys, you know, being assholes to these new players, not answering questions, t looking down on them, talking down to them. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, uh, we 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 get it. That is unfortunate where we get into a scenario like that, where that is the case.
That's unfortunate when we get into that, that, that situation. You know, and it's unfortunate when that happens, when somebody, you know, um, just wants to learn the game and you got, you got, you got, you know, you got some people who just feel entitled to look down on other people and then have people look up to them. It's like, you know, that's unfortunate. It's like, if you want somebody to look up to you, give them a good reason to. Looking up to you should come from you passing down your knowledge and experience. If you're a really good player, you should be more than willing to teach and share with people. That's why I have a YouTube channel, so I can teach and share share what I know. The better I get at, 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 card, at a card game or card games, the better I can teach, right? The better I can share, the more knowledge and information I have to share, which is why I share. Well, there's, that's why even I deal with people, you know, having a problem with um, some of my ideas because they don't understand. It's really because they don't understand the idea. It's not because, oh my God, that, that, that idea is terrible. Or, You're a bad player because you don't use super combos. No. It's the opposite. The opposite is true. I'm really good that I don't actually need it. I can actually play the game without it. Can I play with it? Of course. It's a super combo. It's not, it doesn't take a genius. It doesn't take a pro player to use a super combo. It's basic. My grandma can use it. But do you really need to use it? Not really. Would I recommend a new player who comes into the game to play? Of course, I would recommend it to them because they're new. Got to get them started, right? Got to get them to understand. Like, I'll teach somebody because even though I don't play super combos, I will still teach somebody to play super combos. Just like I don't use a side deck, I will still teach somebody how to use a side deck. I will give them all the tools. I will give them all the information they need. How they use is up to them. Just because I'm selective and I choose not to use super combos all the time, I don't play side decks at all. So I main deck all my, all my, you know, outs and floodgates and whatever you want to call it. You know, my my tech cards that allow me to, uh, you know, deal with certain matchups. You know, then that's just that's just me. That's the level of, uh, the level of gameplay that I'm at. I'm at the level where. I can play without super combos. I can not use this high deck because I already main deck everything that I need. AK, my the tools, tech cards, whatever you want, kind of spice, right? Sauce. I already have all that I need, right? I <laughs> trust me. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what I'm doing. That's that's a that's a personal issue. That's a you problem, and you should fix that. Instead of trying to, you know, judge me, right, and try to judge what I am doing or not doing, per your viewpoint, why don't you try to figure out why? No one ever asks why I don't use super combos. They always ask why am I, why Why is the super combo not there, as if it's supposed to be a given, as if, as if I forgot super combos exist, or that I don't know super combos exist, so someone has to let me know that it exists, or like, uh, no. Assume that I know what I'm doing until you can prove that I don't know what I'm doing, right? Assume I, I, I know what a super combo is before you start complaining that I, you know, like, hey, do you even know what a super combo is? Oh, duh. Yes, I know what it is, obviously. It's not, it's not a secret. 
right? It's a common thing that literally comes in every booster box. Commons are, you know, uh, you know, super combos are literally in every booster box. So I, I obviously I wouldn't know what a super combo is. It doesn't matter. I can, I can use it or not. It's up to me, not you. But anyway, back to, you know, the idea of like teaching. Like it's important to teach. Like I would, I would teach people how to, you know, every aspect of a game. And I even teach beyond, beyond the cards, beyond the rules. You know, where it gets to a you thing, right? You, you as a player is just as important as the cards and the rules of the games. Your creativity, your decision making. You know, your ability to focus versus being distracted. You know, I'm a relatively good player. My decks are really strong. But, as a human being, sometimes I get nervous. Sometimes I uh, lose, uh, I get distracted. I'm a human, right? I can get distracted and not notice something. I just recently, you know, finished some gameplay that I, I'm uploading. And I noticed that something happened in, in the first match that... I was one, unaware of when it originally happened. Like, apparently, my opponent was attacking, but didn't know because we were still trying to resolve a certain effect because he just played something that minus 20k to all my battle cards, and I'm still trying to, you know, resolve that. I'm reading the card and stuff like that. And apparently he attacked, and I was unaware that he, that he did attack. So then something was going on there. You know, so there was some miscommunication. See, if this was, and this was online, obviously on untapped. If this was in real life, it would be a different story. Because he wouldn't be attacking while I'm reading a card. Because he'd be fully aware that I'm still reading it. I did comment that I'm reading the card. But, you know, and he tried to explain that, oh, it's just like, you know, the card you use. Your Kaioken Goku is like, yeah, kind of. So I'm double checking. And then the thing, and the funny thing is, is that I sent my, my card to the drop. Thinking that his effect was was more than enough to take my card down. For some reason, when I really looked at the video, I'm like, wait, that thing minus 20k, my battle card is 25k. So my battle card didn't go to the drop from that effect. So it wasn't sent to the drop because of a skill. So something went wrong there. So if you watch the, the, the Boma Burn gameplay after this, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. How funny that was. Like, wait. It, it, it didn't go to the drop. And I had the ability to protect it. If my opponent was attacking one, I have the auto to minus his battle card 10k. So his battle card will be a 10, will be will be a 10k attacker attacking my 5k Vegeta. But then, I, you know, I could combo to protect it. I did have a negate. I would have just negated the attack if, if I had to. Just to, um, because, because that's the only thing he had that was strong enough to, KO my thing by battle, and I had a Bedell and, and two energy up, so I could easily um, either use a 10k battle card for my hand, right, 10k combo for one energy, and, and, and survive the attack, or use my Bedell to negate the attack, and then put up another blocker, but everything else he has was 4k and less power, so it wouldn't be enough to KO my, my Vegeta. Because one, if he, even if he attempted to attack with his other battle cards, I can minus 10k them and they'll just automatically die. So then he's just... I had the advantage, but I didn't realize what was going on. I thought that my battle card went to the drop because of his, his battle card stuff. Uh, his Vegeta 5 drop Vegeta play. Not because he was attacking. He thought he probably KO'd it by an attack. I didn't send it to the drop because of an attack. So I was 
So it was just, uh, you know, something I was unaware. That's what I'm saying. So it can happen. I'm human. You know, I can make a mistake um, just as much as my opponent can. Shit happens. So, but it's a lesson learned, you know, something to keep in mind in the, in the near future, you know. Uh, pay attention more. Because that was a weird scenario. I was like, wait, my, my battle card shouldn't have left. And ironically, next, the next, my next turn, I played another Vegeta. So I actually would have had two Vegetas. Which means every time I point attack, that's minus 20k for everything he swings with. And the strongest he has is 20k, um, you know, his Gogeta arrivals. And his uh, other, his Go, Goku um, red green arrival. Like most of his battle cards are 20k or less. Me having those two Gogeta, those Vegeta Super Saiyan Blue from set 13 would have been amazing to have them both on the field. Anytime he attacked, minus 20k, minus 20k. Whenever he plays a battle card, minus 20k. Right? 10k from one Vegeta and 10k from another. I'm surprised it doesn't have unique because it is that busted when you get both of them out. And it's not a once per turn auto. It just keeps happening. Every time they play, every time they attack. So when you play, minus 10k. When you attack, minus 10k. So any 20k or less will lose just by being played and attacking. Right? But if I have two um, Vegetas in play, it's 20k every time you play, 20k every time you attack, right? So that's minus 40k. I can take down a 40k. You know what I mean? So in other words, having those two Vegetas in play can take down a Dark Broly, you know, a Dark Broly battle card. Unless the Dark Broly battle card, you know, warps one of my Vegetas, then that's a slightly different story, right? But I still have a slight advantage because once you play one, your auto will trigger, minus will trigger a minus 20k to you. Then you'll warp one of my Vegetas. But I still have one on the field, so if you attack, you're currently now 10k. I just warp, I just uh, minus you 10k more, and it'll just go to the drop. So there's that. But that's, but of course, both Vegetas have to be in rest mode. That means I have to have to actually attack with both of them to set that up. But it's something that could happen. Anyway, back to the tournament center thing. So, you know, teaching, learning, you know, it would be nice to have a way that people can teach, um, you know, be able to learn the game through having people whose job is to teach um, the game. Like, we can literally have, the idea is to have people whose job literally is to teach the game, which means they should do it the right way. They won't be toxic and whatnot because they understand, you know, because there's no, oh, I'm better than you type of bullshit, right? I'm, I'm a pro player type of mentality so you're not looking down the way it's literally your job you're getting paid to teach somebody you're going to teach them because you're getting paid for it you know what i mean so that kind of sit down so that way people can learn games can learn to because you know this is what i definitely expect to happen at some point moms and dads are going to be wanting to learn the games to spend some time with the kids blah 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 that's going to be a thing you definitely can't have no toxic card game player trying to teach somebody's mom how to play a card game and then them being toxic and disrespectful and all this extra shit like that'd be like Ooh, not a good idea we already had that bullshit happening online can't have that in a business can't have that in a tournament center so so I'm trying to solve as many problems as I can through this type of business I do want to create this business but I'm going to need a whole bunch of money for it at some point in time but it is an idea. Um, I would like to own a business like that. And, of course, you know, make it like a franchise thing. Being able to put up a couple of tournament centers in every city. Like, let's say the U.S., for example. Like, we start off with the U.S. because I'm in the U.S., of course. In every city, that there's at least a tournament center. There's a place 
that is dedicated to, you know, hosting tournaments, right? Specifically for, you know, card games. And that way everyone has a guaranteed place for locals. There still could be like small mom and pop shop type stuff. There still can be small business that sells cards. And if they don't want to host an event, that's okay. At least you can go to the tournament center and, and, and play there because there'll be events there, right? Um, and, and, of course, these tournament centers will be located um, close to public transportation. So no matter where in the city you're at, you can at least take public transportation and get to the tournament center and be able to play, compete, and all that stuff. And, of course, like I said, logistically, there's going to be stuff like security and all that stuff. Extra things, you know, just to make the, everything safe. Because, you know, I do expect kids and adults to come to this location to, you know, play card games, right? And have fun, hopefully. So you got to do, do everything you can to make everything work the way it should. But it would be a great, great way of doing things. Um, not only would it be like with physical cards, of course we can sell cards and, you know, just, you know and things of that nature. And, of course, sleeves and products, you know, card game-related um, products. Um, also be able to um, be able to do, uh, like, webcam, because um, that is the future, regardless of what anybody thinks. That is the future. I, I expected that to be a common thing by now, that, you know, we're playing card games online, either through online clients, through uh, uh, webcams, we kind of have it, but I've been hearing a lot of people like complaining, like they're against the idea of playing, you know, playing digitally as opposed to playing physically. Like they want to be in front of somebody smelling their farts and stuff and heavily breathing in front of each other. And then they want to do this during a pandemic of all times. It's like, man, I can't wait until after the pandemic is over to smell somebody else's farts. Okay, whatever. I can wait. I love car games, but. You know, I love my health much more. So, um, so you know, another thing about, you know, tournament center stuff, that obviously you're going to have a whole bunch of people there rotating in and out. Obviously, we need to um, upgrade stuff. So, we're going to need help of filters and air purifiers and stuff like that. we got to have more control of the, you know, the air, uh, more control of uh, hygiene, Things like that, you know, make things better, more comfortable. Again, a lot of logistics stuff that has to be dealt with. So I haven't have it fully planned out, but I have a lot of good ideas. And over time, I, you know, the ideas will just improve over and over again. But ultimately, I want the ability to be able to play, you know, um, um, with physical cards, of course, but also be able to play with, uh, you know, computer systems so that you know, be able to play. Um, that way, uh, be able to play through multiple different ways. Um, you know, we always like the idea of reducing cheating, this, that, there. So, there'll, you know, there'll be certain factors. Recording will be a factor, like recording somebody dueling, you know, to prevent cheating and we catch you cheating. You know, it, it, the funny thing is, okay, the best way to put it, it would be a lot like a casino, but not a casino because, you know... <laughs> You know, card games and gambling, all that, those types of rules and stuff. But it'll, the tournament center will be a lot like a casino in the way it operates. You know, with the security and the safety and all this extra stuff and logistics to allow people to play the games, enjoy games. You know, 
activities and stuff like that. But in a way where, you know, uh, we can at least reduce cheating, especially, um, you know, there's, you know, people are still, humans are still humans. There's still going to be some shitty people out there in more ways than one. So we got to make sure we keep that stuff under control and then everything else should be just fine. Um, of course, you know, uh, I want to also be able to allow proxying, um, to a certain degree, um, uh, that would be kind of fun, right, um, especially for dead card games, um, I have, I have, like, some other ideas, because I was, because I like the idea, of, like, if I can get, I mean, from the business idea, you'll make so much money from the, the term and center concept, it wouldn't be that hard to buy some licensings from certain card games, like, you know, dead card games, and be able to revitalize them, and then bring them back, you know, into, um, into, you know, into, into, you know, bring them back to life, essentially, and play them. Like, I'm trying to do that with the Naruto card game, um, through the concept of proxy and stuff like that, you know, where it's like, okay, or like, you know, it would be nice to be able to do an online client that will save, you know, that will save time and trouble, instead of proxying a whole bunch of cards and trying to make sure everybody have access to them, uh, why not have, like, an online client type system? Or if we do webcam type uh, dueling systems, you know, then, you know, we can allow stuff like proxying. So being one, having all the images of the cards for A, proxies, you know, to print out copies of the cards, right? Or, you know, or B. And of course, these proxies will be, you know, allowed only in our type of events. They'll, they'll literally be printed with like little, like little marker or stamp or something on it that states that this is a proxy for this particular tournament center or even make it where it's just for a specific event like if we're hosting a certain tournament or a certain month they'll have like basically a, like a timestamp so to speak on the cards if you're you know if, you, if you're going to use um, certain proxies and they're only you know valid within that time you know for that event you won't be able to use that proxy any other time after that only for that event, and then you'll have to re-up on the proxy for every event if you want to keep using the same card. That's if the card is terminal legal, because if, you know, we were controlling the, the events, we can control uh, the ban list, right? So we ban cards, we don't ban cards, right? You know, the stand third. And, you know, we take control of the um, tournament aspect of events. Another thing is, is obviously, if, you know, uh, you know um, by having a dedicated tournament um, place, um, or logistically, that will save, uh, you know, these card game companies that create card games uh, money on, you know, trying to host events. It definitely will encourage people who can afford to make their own card games and put a lot of time and effort into making their own card games and create a, you know, card game business can do that and not worry about the tournament aspect. Like, oh, well, people ain't gonna, ain't gonna be interested in buying our games if they can't go somewhere and you know play in a tournament or something like that, you know. Or even play at a local, so being able to guarantee that there's a place that people can play these card games, you know, comparatively, that will allow a lot of independent um, card game companies to, you know, to, to rise. Just like now, we have a whole bunch of people online selling cards, and they have their own card shop, but it's really just a, an eBay account or a TCG player account. And that's all it really is. It's just somebody who has a whole bunch of cards they bought, a whole bunch of boxes at home selling from their house, right? 
I'm not against that. I do that myself, obviously. But what I'm saying is, is that look at that now. You know what I mean? That that's a thing that you people literally can just from their house, from their basement, <laughs> um, have a card shop. Literally have a card shop. You know, have a business where you buy and sell cards. Um, so that's why webcaming will be um, events would be awesome, especially because webcam tournaments, right? Um, online client tournaments, you know, like on tap or something like that. Being able to do stuff like that, which some people are doing right now, which is nice. You know, it's cool. But, of course, some many people look down upon webcam duels and untapped tournaments because they don't consider those legit. Right, so you say, oh, but the thing is, this is the future. This is what's going to be legit. You know, this is the future of competitive play. Not just for card games. This will apply for other things as well, but why not? Why not? You know what I mean? If if video games, you know, with online capabilities, can can be esports as it were, right? Can be can be a worldwide uh, thing. Why can't card games? One of the first things that got me into playing card games was Magic the Gathering. No, no, it was well. Okay, so this is what happened. Yu-Gi-Oh. I saw the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Made me interested in playing a card game. But Yu-Gi-Oh! wasn't out yet. That was just the first episode. We haven't gotten the products yet. So since I was in a hurry, I was like, man, I just, you know, I got all hype. I just finished watching the episode. I'm, I'm so hype. I want to play this game. It's like, I want to play a card game where I'm battling with monsters, right? And I remember that not, not so long ago that my friend showed me uh, Magic the Gathering game. And I dismissed it at the time because to me it's like, oh, that's like Dungeons and Dragons. Not, not interested in that. Well, at the time, I am now, but not at the time, but, so I dismissed it, but then, after the whole episode of Yu-Gi-Oh, I was like, well, now I want to play a card game, and that's the only card game with monsters and stuff that I, I know about, and my friend has it, and I was already going to go to my friend's house, so I went to his house, and then I asked him immediately about the, the, the magic card game, so he pulled it out, showed it to me, and we started playing magic, and that's where I got my first experience of, you know, trading card games, was through that uh, scenario. So, you know, I, and, and then he had a, a, v, a VHS, uh, yeah, I'm that old, he had a VHS um, cassette tape, we put it into the VCR, and watched it, because it came with what he, he had a whole bunch of stuff, and it came with uh, one of the things he bought, I think it was like a tournament pack, a tournament, it was a tournament deck, it was like a, it was a, it was somebody's deck who, Alright, somebody won a tournament, and this was their their deck. Not their actual deck, like they physically owned, but it was a replica. It was a replica of their deck, right? A reprint of their deck, whatever you want to call it, right? It was it was essentially like, here, you have this, they call it tournament decks, right? Here's a tournament deck of this particular person who won an event. Not only that, there's also a video where you can watch them at the event and see interviews and stuff like that. So it was kind of badass, right? So we watched the video, and I'm like, Wait, they're on ESPN, you know, Sports Center, right? <laughs> like Sports Network, like wait, and, and, and it had like you know, it was so cool and stuff. It was the nineteen ninety five John with um, Ben Rubin. Um, so that, that was uh, that was pretty cool. And what was really exciting for me was it was that at that time, uh, if I'm right, I was sixteen. 
And then Ben Rubin, he was 17 at, at this tournament. It's like, oh, this 17-year-old going up against this 30-something-year-old guy. And, you know, he's beating him and this and that there. And it's like, oh, shit, look how epic this is. You got a, you got a, you got a teenage guy, boy versus this, you know, you know, grown man. And they're battling it out through this card game. And it's like, so cool. It's like, oh, my God, it's so cool that, you know, you can be young and be able to do some really cool, you know, big boy stuff, basically, right? So it was just the idea, like, oh, my God. Like, now it doesn't seem that big of a deal. It's like, eh, whether young or old doesn't matter, card game is card game, right? But at the time, it was just the idea that, oh, my God, a young person playing, you know, against an adult at a card game, you know, that seemed so epic to me at the time. And and I was, you know, this around the same age as, as him, so they, they were like, oh, man, I can make it to, you know, I could do that too. I would like to do that. And then what made it even sweeter was the idea that they're, they're actually playing for money. It's like, wait, is that actually going to get money for playing this game? Oh, shit. <sighs> so, of course, I became a card game crackhead ever since then. So, just the idea. To me, ultimately, what matters more than getting getting a nice paycheck for winning a, a you know, pro paid, you know, tour, uh, you know, tournament or something like that, it's just winning the tournament. Just winning and being able to say that I, that I won is more than enough for me. But I'm, you know, I'll take the check. I'll take the prize, but it was just the idea of like, oh man, it's so cool to be able to, you know, play professionally is what I'm trying to say. It's like the idea of being able to play professionally, be able to play competitively. Like, oh my God, this is cool. This is something that's from um, from the intellectual aspect. It's not from physical. It's like I don't have to bench press and run. You know, it's not the same thing as playing. You know, football, basketball, or something like that. We have to be physically fit more so than anything in order to play the game. This is something you just have to be mentally fit to play the card game, right? So it's like, that's badass. That's why a 70-year-old versus a 30-year-old, you know, was an interesting battle because it was too, because their minds, their bodies were irrelevant. Their age were irrelevant. It was it was just a battle of the minds. And, you know, the, the decks they chose and the strategies they used and how they used them and played, played out the game, which was awesome. The fact that the card game, you know, made it an even playing field. You know, because they have cards, they have rules, regardless of your age, gender, and whatnot. As long as you can play the game, that's all that matters. So, you know, I definitely want to encourage that the idea of, like, yeah, that'd be pretty badass that you can, you know, go to tournaments and events and play competitively. And there's some people who, who, who play casually only because that's a thing that they have access. The only thing they have access to. They don't have the ability to play... Um, you know, at an event or even at a local. I don't. I don't have a local where I'm at. I'm in Philly. I don't. I don't have a local unless there is a local in Philly and they're just hiding and no one said anything <laughs> about that. There is a local in Philly for me. Um, I would have to actually go out of Philly to go to a local uh, AU if I'm altered universe or something like that. And I, I've been there. I've been to altered universe one time. The one in Jersey. I think it was there was one in Jersey, so I have to go to another another state to um, to play at an event. And the funny thing is, I went there. I didn't even play at the event. I just was there just to be there. My friends played in the event, but I didn't. I was just there just to be there, just because it was the first time I went there. But it was cool, cool experience. Um, I've been to two regionals for Yu-Gi-Oh! 
again, just there just to be there. I mean, I, I did enter those two events, of course, but I was just there just for fun. I wasn't there to compete. Um, and um, they, they were in the Civic Center. Civic Center? Ooh. No, Convention Center, I'm saying Civic Center. Convention Center downtown, which, again, you know, wasn't too hard to get to because we had public transportation. But that place doesn't host, you know, it's not a dedicated place specifically for hosting tournaments. Um all the time, because if that was the case, then every week I'd be going to the event, right? Every I will always be going playing competitively uh, on the weekends if I had a place that was dedicated to doing that every weekend. That every weekend there always was an event. Now I've been hearing you know, people online, you know, hosting weekly events, you know, weekly tournaments, you know, webcam or untapped, and that's what I love. It's like, yes, that's the whole point. To make the ability to play competitively more accessible, more much easier, because you know some people, you know, they got busy schedules. Shit happens, birthdays happen, right? <laughs> so things can happen that can prevent somebody from from being able to do something they want to. I want to go to tournaments, but if I don't have the time, if I don't have the opportunities to go to one, because things didn't line up for me, then that's unfortunate. It's not that I have no desires to go to an event, it's just I got to have the opportunity to go to an event. So it'd be nice if things were easier so that I can go to events. Instead of things being complicated and hard, it's like, uh, we're hosting an event this day and it's only gonna it's gonna be starting at this time and I'm like, damn I can't I can't go to the event because I don't I won't be I won't be available at that time. Ironically though that reminds me that I, I what happened was, it's not that I didn't have the time for the, um, what is it called, event, the Super Players, uh, you know, online, um, you know, I think, if I'm right, it was untap event. Of course, that made it easier, it being untap. Um, I had the money, of course, I have the money, that's not a problem. Money's not a problem. Um, since we're playing on untap, you know, having access to whatever I want, um, if I want to make a deck with cells, I know I can do it, you know what I mean? Even if I don't own a real cells in real life, I just have the proxy, then, you know, it's fine. I could, you know, I could do it. I just got paid to enter in this after and, you know, compete. The thing was is that I didn't, you know, do it. I didn't uh, pre-register before. So, um, I was too, dis you, know, I, you know, I had other activities that I was engaging in that I overlooked. Um, I was interested in entering the event, but I didn't enter the event. And by the time our, you know, the event um, started, I realized, like, oh, shit, it was this weekend? I thought it was next weekend, you know? So I was like, oh, man, I should have, like, because if I already, that's the thing. I was, I was planning to pay, like, a week in advance, like, you know, register a week prior to the week in which the event is going to be. But I forgot. And when the event was announced, like, oh, yeah, you know, the game, you know, the, the term is going, going live now. It's like, oh, shit. Now, and I, and I, I haven't registered. Damn it! I wanted to register. I wanted to play. So, th that's just on. That's on me. I had an opportunity. I, you know, I let it slip my hands. You know, slip by me. Um, most of the time, it's just that you know, the the timing, the schedule is not right. You know. But this was a time where I could have done it. I just fucked up. I dropped the ball. So. Uh, well, I'm going I'm to fix that, you know, I'm going to definitely, you know, 
um, look for future events, jot it down, have a calendar, you know, jot it down and just have some constant reminder of these events and whenever, you know, we've got time for register and stuff, register as quickly as possible instead of like waiting for like last minute type shit, you know, uh, I'll take care of that soon. Um, because I do want to, to play competitively. Because it's easy for me to create deck profiles and content and stuff like that, obviously. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting, uh, you know, it's, it's too natural for me to do it. So, I don't need to spend that much time. I could, like, spend one day, you know, um, just recording um, deck profiles back to back, back to back, back to back. Since I have more than one computer, I can push out um, deck profiles faster. Um, plus gameplays. While I make a deck profile on one video, on one computer, I can play on tap on the other and go back and forth, you know, and, and double, you know, double, uh, multitask, you know, multitask, make a deck profile and, or just a video for the channel and do some gameplay. And of course, the gameplay I turn to a video later on, which is why lately I've been doing, I've been, you know, putting out uh, gameplays as well as, uh, you know, videos, whether it be deck profiles or just. Of my masterclass thing where I'm sharing um, insights on how to play the game and how to be a better player, you know, because if I don't get to use all this experience and knowledge that I have to, you know, play competitively, which I'm trying to fix because I don't want that to be the case that I don't use all this knowledge and experience I have and not play competitively, but if it, you know, shit happens, life gets in the way, then at least other people can benefit from my hard work, from my efforts. Take my knowledge and experience that they gained from me and apply it for themselves. But I definitely want to apply it for myself. You know, practice what you preach, as they say. I definitely want to practice what I preach. All right. Uh, what time is it? Okay. Got to get back to work soon. Um, so I have to wrap this up. Thinking if there's anything else. Um, right now, by now, you should get the A. You should get the concept. I don't want to make this video too long. I mean, um, audio too long. You get the concept of like a place where you know they can um, host events and stuff. Um, oh yeah, some other ideas. Just because I had these ideas, uh, <clears throat> always thought. Um, uh, always thought it was weird that there wasn't like a like as like the two regionals that I went to for you go. You know, they had like couple judge and the head judge and stuff like that, and there was a lot of tables, a lot. Of people playing and I'm like man if it's like if only there was a um, one oh yeah two things we need uh, something to time people's turns like we need a turn like 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 how they have in chess where they have that little uh, little clock thing where they be clocking you only have a certain amount of time for your turn you know no one should because especially in Yu-Gi-Oh this is a toxic thing that well this is a problem where people play decks and strategies that literally, you know, obviously it's a joke, but literally, like, take about 12 hours to perform a freaking combo. Like, they'll, they'll, play, they'll, they'll play their turn, and, take, and it feels like they took 12 hours to play their turn, and that's, and that's bullshit. It shouldn't take that long to play your turn, you know what I mean? It should be a maximum of, like, five minutes per turn, especially when it's 45-minute rounds. You should have five minutes per turn. Per player, it shouldn't be one player takes about fifteen minutes to play their turn, while the other player takes about two minutes just to play their turn. That's not right. 
you know, both players should have an equal amount of time. And no one should be allowed to play a strategy that if it takes 15 minutes for you to finish your play, finish doing what you want to do, then you shouldn't be allowed to be able to play that. That needs to be punished. Like, that's why we need a time system to punish that. Like, you shouldn't have a 15-minute um, strategy, you know, play or, you know, combo. It should be five minutes or less. One, it should be a two-minute combo because the remaining three minutes should be for you to make plays, decisions. You know, your opponent act, react. Uh, you know, uh, allow your opponent to interact and react and this and like. It should be a maximum of five minutes for your turn. It shouldn't be no fifteen-minute turn. Um, and I've seen that happen time and time again. And that's why we get into problems where people win in time because time ran out, and it's like it's because somebody wasted time, and then stalling becomes a factor. If you if you make it where somebody doesn't have more than five minutes, they can't stall for ten, right? They can't stall for ten minutes if you guarantee they always have to end their turn after five minutes, right? So that will stop uh, people who try to stall, um, or at least will reduce um, stalling. It would definitely reduce uh, people, you know, thinking it's okay to come to a tournament with a, you know, 12-hour combo deck. Like, that's bullshit. And the list goes on and on. And this will fix a lot of problems that way. Another thing is having, like, uh, judge tablets. If you have, like, a tablet on the table. One, it could be useful to have a tablet for uh, the purpose of doing, um, uh, um, you know, life points, you know, calculating and stuff like that. And then if you need to, you know, get a judge ruling, it can be done right there and then, right, do the, just right from the tablet. Like, the judge doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to, you know, come to you and, you know, try to um, resolve the problem. Not only that, a judge don't physically have to be in the building. Like, the judge can literally, uh, through the um, tablet, through, you know, a webcam-like, uh, you know, setup, Skype or whatever you want to call it, Zoom or whatever, and they can literally, you know, see the situation through the, the device and and judge right there and then. And this judge can literally judge multiple, um, you know, multiple tables, even multiple events. You can have a person who's judging for a, a Yu-Gi-Oh event, but also judging for a magic event because they're at home judging, you know, they're, you know, and this lowers costs, um, you know, you can compensate, compensate them however way you want. And the fact that they, you have, especially if you have someone who's really good at the job and is a good judge, you want them to judge as many events as possible. You don't want to have, you know, you know, different judges, you know, um, at different events, you know, where you have one good judge and then you have one shitty judge. You don't want to say anything like that. If you have a really good judge and this is what the person is really good at, this is what the person does, and they do the job of being a good judge right, then that's the kind of person you want to constantly help judge. And there's probably people out there, right? They're out there, they're like, they're, they're like perfect for being a judge. Like, they are suited to be a judge. They're good at, you know, um, judging situations. So why not have them, that be their thing? You know, they, they judge and they get compensated somehow, you know, however way you want to compensate them through doing these things, and that'd be kind of cool, because I, I wouldn't mind judging some events from time to time. If I, if I can't make it to the event, I would at least like to judge, because I would like to see things, I would like to be, you know, part of the, you know, the event, even if I don't get to play my, in the event myself, and, you know, other things, so, like, a lot, a lot of, 
great ideas. Hopefully, this has inspired people. I just I made this this you know making this you know recording because I just want to be able to formulate a lot of my ideas and just get it out there. If I can't make this tournament center concept a reality, hopefully somebody else can. That's part of why I do what I do. Just like when I make deck profiles and put it on the internet, you know, I have an idea for a deck. I put it out there. If somebody can, you know, you know, if somebody wants to take the deck, whether they modify it or not, and take it to a tournament and do good with it, hey, great, it did what I, you know, what I expected to do. It, it was useful to somebody. If you don't like my deck profile, that's fine. You know, teach their own. Play whatever you want to play. Why are you watching my deck profile in the first place? If you think you can do better, then do better. That way I can watch your videos instead, right? But um, I have to end that here, and that's the end.